Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 315 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode, I chat to Dune Kasu of Fun Selector Labs about their Rally Sim Arcade game, Art of Rally. This is a fantastic game. Of course it is. It's being featured on The Sausage Factory, so it's always going to be a fantastic game. And this Art of Rally is no exception. Uh, or Art of Rally, I should say. It is a extraordinary study of the art of rally driving. Um, it's not your traditional rally game. There's been many, many rally games over the decades of video games. In fact, one of the earliest video games ever made, Night Driver, I believe it was called, was technically kind of a rally game. And they've been, you know, rally's been had a wonderful relationship with video games for since they've been existing, really. And Art of Rally really goes to another place with it. A nice place, a very pretty place, and a very interesting place. And myself and June expand on this and how it developed and how it came to be and how I discovered it, which was a resed many years ago when we used to do events until the thing. Although by the time you're listening to this or when you're listening to this, I don't know when you're listening to this, the thing might have stopped happening. Let's hope. I'm sure it has. It's got to, it, can't, it can't go on. Anyway, enough of that. So let's listen to me from the past talking to Dune about Art of Rally. Chris, take it away. Dune, who are you and what do you do? Oh, hey, Chris. Um, who am I? I am a developer from Vancouver, Canada. Okay. From the company Fun Selector. Yes. Excellent name. We'll talk about that later. 
but oh yeah it's a it's a weird name yeah we can we were talking about so, it yeah yeah and um uh, so is that what you do you make video games don't you yeah so indie racing games we've mainly done we're pretty pretty new still the company was made in 2014 and our first my first game was absolute drift which was a top-down minimalist racing game about drifting which is sliding cars sideways right um, so we also, we put that on, all, um, almost all the consoles and we actually announced it for switch today. So it'll be coming out, um, next month. Cool. Which is the plan. Okay. Yeah. Interesting times right now, apparently <laughs> with, with consoles and things. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, so you already hinted at this, but let's just let's talk let's still a little bit about your history then. How did you make your start making video games? Um, let me see. It was kind of funny, actually. So basically, I was in engineering school um, right out of high school. So I um, actually failed my C programming class first time around. I just couldn't understand it. It's like learning a new language. So engineering is a pretty intense workload. Um, so yeah, basically spawned out of that class. That was the only class that really bad, I failed. <laughs> and then um, spent the next year uh, redoing some courses. And actually had the time to put in, put the time into the programming course and did a lot better. Um, but basically, that just made me want to pursue programming instead. So I went to programming school for two years. And then after that, um, there was a you could choose a specialty, which was either network security. So like protecting against hackers and general security stuff. It sounded super boring for me. And the other one was video games. But at the time, I, I played video games for fun and stuff. But I always thought it wasn't very interesting for me. But I just chose it because it wasn't network security. So in we go. <laughs> and then, yeah, through, from, from the get-go, I just started enjoying it a ton. It's just a lot of play. Um, and creativity and it was very difficult too it was like full on yeah pretty pretty full on like low level programming for games and things but um, yeah I just really enjoyed it it was very unexpected this whole this whole road has been a bit of a chance let's say yeah I mean that's that's a surprising choice though because I was expecting you to say I had a choice between network security or database creation (laughs) That's what I was expecting. Oh, Something like that. I'm like, wow, that's that's a real Hobson choice there, isn't it? And it's like, it's just, yeah. But no, you just curveballed me and went, oh, yeah, or well, video games. Like, wait, what? Um, and you said you had to go low level. I mean, I'm assuming not assembly language. Let's just, just <laughs> not that. Um, let me see. We touched on assembly a bit, but um, no, we were. Pretty much the lowest was like C. Right, um, right. Yeah, like I think maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago, you would have learned some assembly, but they're kind of yeah. moving up. Yeah. Moving, um, yeah. Actually shifting actually shifting memory addresses. Like, really? Like, yeah. Come on. No. Yes. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, we have to learn about like the, the super technical things like that. Like, oh, yeah. Um, but the, the, the act of doing it. it. You know? The yeah. act of doing it. Like, really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's too brutal for me. I, don't, I actually am not a fan of the really low-level thing. That's why I like the game engines, like Unity and Unreal. They just take a 
care of a lot of that stuff for you. They do, nice. and and yeah, but you just got to imagine, imagine the people working on the NES or NES, whatever you want to call it. That's all they had. They could only write in assembly. So imagine that. Oh yeah, and all their limitations are very yeah. Tight compared to what we can do, and it's, we can just be very sloppy and do yeah, thing and yeah. It's usually okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, so that's quite a start. So you were like you were beavering away, pursuing one particular career, realizing actually no, there's this other aspect which I wasn't very good at because I couldn't get a grip on it. This frustrated me. So I'm gonna see if I can really get hold of that aspect of of of, of things of understanding, and then change my course, and then realize that actually you know what I really like this, but I really like I'm I'm way more creative because that was quite interesting that you said that. You, it was quite heavy going, and that you had to be, you know, creative. You suddenly found yourself in a objectively creative industry. Having said that, engineering is also creative, contrary to popular belief. I know you understand that, but most people don't really understand that engineering is actually extremely creative, in its own way, mm-hmm. um, in certain aspects. But how did you find that then? What what kind of studies did you have to delve into to understand game design alongside the act of making games. What were you doing there? Can you remember? Um, so this this schooling it was like a, it's a technical school. So this is a place where like um, they they teach like trades, like carpenters and uh, mechanics, and like just like jobs where you can just go and like start working, like nurses and um, just really like hands on things like that. So it was basically just to teach us how to become a game programmer. Um, not necessarily to become like a designer or something else. Basically, just you you come here and you learn how to program games, um, but with a smattering of some more things like some more general game aspects, game development aspects, just so we know what they are. Like we took like a little three D modeling course, um, which helped a ton. Like that's what started me off, and then uh, a game design course, and a lot of boring other courses. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so that's what it's very much a vocational experience. So okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. So I'm gonna. I mean, this might be an obvious sort of response to this question, considering the games you've so far released. But um, what do you believe, as a creator of video games, or which is indeed a thing, are your biggest influences? Let me see. I think right away when I started to learn about that indie games were actually a thing, like before I was in school, just game school, I didn't know what you really think. <laughs> no. I played like a lot of bigger like AAA games, I guess. Or yeah, bigger yeah, games. Yeah, I mean the, I the think... people within the video game industry assume and we shouldn't, we really shouldn't do this, June. But we do it mm-hmm. all the time. We assume that everyone knows that indie games exist. They're just like, well, yeah, they're everywhere. I mean, how could you not know? But we forget those that the vast majority of video game players don't know they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually delve into Call of Duty every year or FIFA every year, and that's pretty much what they do, or maybe some Fortnite and Minecraft. But ultimately, they don't really go into the mm-hmm. indie space, whereas those of us within the bubble, within the industry... Go well, yeah, they're 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 tenfold, thousandsfold, and they're everywhere. How could you not know? But they don't, 
and uh, this is many, many, one of the many reasons why I do this show to raise the profile of them. And uh, so, yeah, so that's quite interesting you say that. So you, you're influenced by your peers, basically. Um, yeah, basically, I think I was just playing like there's a game a long time, maybe in 2014, called Mirror Moon EP. Um, I think they're by the studio San- Santo Regione, this mm-hmm. Italian studio. Yeah. So I just played that and I was like, wow, this is a very pretty, simple, like, minimalistic game that's, that I could almost see myself, like, it looks like something that, it's not a huge game like FIFA, like, that I won't ever be able to create. Like, this seems like something maybe one day I could create. Um, or, like, something in a similar vein. And then it just kind of started from that. I think I played Dear Esther as well. That walking simulator simulator game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically like games that are like smaller scope, less um, less systems that you have to make, and just a more simple game. Yeah, um, it's the scale. That's wonderful. So you were you realized that oh yeah, not all video games have to be multi million pound made by a thousand people. Not that there's anything yeah, wrong yeah, with those yeah. games. I mean, speaking to someone who's playing not only Art of Rally, but also the latest Assassin's Creed game. Okay, I mean, you can. It's nothing. There's, nothing mm-hmm. to, you, there's no law to say, well, no, Chris, you only play indie games. No, it's, no. It's, mm-hmm. you, 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 it's a medium that has a vast breadth from everything from, you know, Dear Esther right through to FIFA. You know, it's just, it's an extraordinary medium. And you're inspired by the fact, and you're influenced by the fact, and GG1 realised that, yeah, I don't need an army of hundreds of people to make video games. You can do it with two or three people, and you just create something very special. I mean, look at Spelunky. That was three people, I think. Two, three people. So, yeah, a very yeah. small team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a magnificent game. Not everyone mm. likes it, I grant you, uh, but it is a very popular and very successful game. Um, oh, I love it. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. But I know a lot of people who do not, who get frustrated with it, uh, because it is a bit unforgiving. But that's its nature. It's supposed to be. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like Mario and Super Meat Boy on steroids, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I just love the floaty animation of everything. Everything has got hundreds of frames of animation in that game. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It's just the, the, the frames of animation they have for everything. In Spelunky, oh, both one and two. I think I just, just like, take it for granted. <laughs> I know, but next time you have a look at it, you go, "Oh, that must that must have taken a while." Because oh, yeah. you can't. There's no simple, straightforward. Um, so, correction. There's no fast way to do animation. Still, really, it's still having to draw every frame, pretty much. Yes, there's some tools that allow you to manipulate things, but every time you do that, it makes it. It comes out weird. <laughs> but uh anyway sorry we we digress or do we i don't think we do because this basically leads on quite quite neatly actually into my next question to you which is this what developer do you most admire in the industry and why um let me think actually this is going to take me a sec that's fine (laughs) it's not an easy question (laughs) <laughs> it would probably be a few that I remember. It can be more than one, of course. I mean, I implied that there's more than there's only one. Of course, there's not. There's many. I've got many too, 
But if you could yeah. sort of maybe list a few off that immediately spring to mind and go, you there, over there, you, you carry on doing what you're doing. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I don't know. I guess one that springs to mind is um, my friend Patrick at Dry Cactus Games, who's made the game, the game's Polybridge, um, Polybridge 1 and Polybridge 2. Oh, I'm not aware of these titles. I need to investigate them immediately, don't I? I shall do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like a, lo- a low poly bridge building game with like cute graphics um, and good music. And, I, I will check this uh, out. Yeah, they've just done amazingly well. And he's just super down to earth. Um, nothing really bothers him too much. He's not really making the games to like. Um, I don't know. It seems like he's doing it for all the right reasons. <laughs> I'd have to get him on a show, sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty busy, um, but maybe he'd be keen. As you are, my friend, as you are. We t- we spent weeks setting this up, and I'm happy to manage to get it done. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good our schedules can line up for this one. Yeah. I'm glad to you. Anyone else? Anything? Any, any, it can be a company, not just a person. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I'm sure there's a lot of developers who follow on Twitter that I... I need to just go scroll through. <laughs> I have to scroll through really quickly. That's fine. That's fine. But no, I mean that response is perfect. It's a peer. It's someone you know, and you admire, and they make some a lovely game, or two. Uh, and bridge builders, then they're, they're not easy to make. Well, they can be frustrating because, wait, that doesn't make no sense. I put a brace in there. Why is that buckled? Mm. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that's that's statically it's perfectly structurally sound. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there's been some wonderful bridge builders over the years. And uh, yeah, let's check that out. I'm a big fan of those. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can, you know, maybe later on you can think of another while we're chatting. That's fine. But let's move on. Okay, to- yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, well, let's move on to the last last question of the first half of the show. And uh, yeah, see, look, almost done. Never mind. <laughs> um Again, this is a question I have to ask because this is a podcast about video games. Therefore, we have to talk about them. So, Dune, what are you playing right now? Um, let me see. <laughs> oh, well, basically, I, it's kind of like my therapy game, but it's like Mini Metro. Mini Metro? Uh, I think that's probably the last game I played. Yeah, I think that's probably the last game I played. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been playing that for uh, many years, uh, and they just released some new some new maps. Can, so you, des- just can, you, des- can you describe it for us so the audience knows what it is? So it is a minimalistic um, kind of two D game where you uh, make these train stations. Like you, you basically make these networks of train stations. And uh, yeah, just a train network for that serves the city. It's just a very clean, like super, super chill game. Um, I really like. Okay, and it is sort of. I mean, I liken it to threes. Take a drink, everyone. Um, in that you can actually <laughs> you can zone. So I, I do mention threes. It's either Threes or World of Warcraft. I mention at least once in every show. Don't know why. They're like, oh yeah, they're very important games <laughs> for, for very different <laughs> reasons. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, threes for me is my sort of like, I've got nothing to play on my phone. What am I talking about? There's threes. <laughs> of course I do. Oh, yeah, it must be pretty silly. Like, it's, it's not a new game. Um, no. No, 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 Mini Metro is not a new game, but it's good to to, to highlight its its existence. And, uh, you know, games don't vanish after six months unless they're on Game Pass. Oh! <laughs> People forget that. People go, oh, all these free games, they're not free. They're only there for a little bit and then they vanish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, what I typically find is the games I'm, I'm playing a lot on Game Pass I end up buying. Because that's what you should do, everyone. Anyway. Um, no, it's a good call, good shout, good response to that very interesting and very important question. But uh, that's the end of the first half. Unless you've got any developers you want to shout out while we've got that break before we move on. No? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, you just give so much information nowadays. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> super giant, people like them. <laughs> they, they like them, but uh, anyway. Okay. Let's 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 just move on to uh, the second half of the show, where we delve deep into Art of Rally. So, Dune, if you could tell us, in your own words, what is Art of Rally? Um, okay, i got to remember this pitch again. So, Art of Rally is a top, kind of top-down 
stylized racing game about rally, but you can, but you have to master the challenging physics and drive around historic rally cars in beautiful environments around the world. I think that's the pitch. <laughs> so it's a not quite top down. I think that's a bit unfair. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. We kind of changed the camera angle like three weeks before we launched. We added way more. So kind of like a let's just call it a higher higher camera angle, let's say. Yeah. So, so it negates the it's it's basically a third person view, but almost a bird's eye camera view. You're quite high up, away from the car, and you can see a lot of the track. Um, and I know a lot of people who do play rally games like this, including myself sometimes, depending on the car and the track I'm going in and the kind of game. Um, for example... I've been playing Dirt 5 on my Xbox Series X at the moment because of all the new machines that have come out. And I find rally games are really good at testing the capabilities of a of a new console uh, or any any console or any platform because they you know they're quite pretty, you know. They they've, they've also got a lot going on, dirt effects, you know, lighting, all that kind of stuff. It's all very visually impressive. And also the physics have to be quite good too. Uh, and um, but uh, with Art of Rally, you've you've shied away from that a little bit and gone for a certain visual style, which we'll we'll talk about that later on in this half. But before we do, I want to talk about the cars. So my first question, design question to you is, is this: the weight of the cars and how they have um, behave on various surfaces is very convincing. I found with Art of Rally. Um, how did you set about modeling this? Um, so it's not anything like super innovative and whatnot. So for, we're, we're building on what we use for Absolute Drift. So that was a car physics simulation plugin yes. um, for the Unity game engine. But, um, it's been, um, well, the, the term is deprecated, but basically like just not supported um, for like five years, I think. So we're just uh, maintaining it for our own usage. Um, but yeah, it's like full on, like there's tons of parameters um, to model everything for the car. So it's almost too many, but no, it is too many. So <laughs> um, just like in real life. So basically it's been just a ton of tuning and also modifying it to get the feel that we want. Um, it's always a compromise too. Like we, car handling in general always has compromises um, just to make it playable on like a computer with the limited control sets that you have. Like some people play on keyboard and your controller. Like it's not as, you don't have the um, fine-tuned control like you do on like a steering wheel and say pedals. Um, so there's some like, there's some compromises we need to make to make it controllable like that. Yeah, but I've found that, I mean, I'm playing Arthur Valley a lot with the controller and I found that you really do exploit the analog triggers. I mean, you. I found that once you're playing with a controller, which I highly, highly recommend, that I'm playing it with my ex, an Xbox One controller, which is plugged into my PC, and um, yeah, it really relies on the, the the analog aspect of those triggers to, you know, there's 
you have to gently brake and you have to gently accelerate out. If you try to pump the, the gas too hard, it will punish you. You're like, oh, I'm just going to mm-hmm. spin. I'm just going to spin around here and I'm not going to move anywhere. Even though you've got a full throttle, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Why? Because you're on gravel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, and the vibration is really convincing. It just feels like the tyres are biting into the road and not, as the case may be. And uh, I just found it really fascinating how you, it just feels that you're throwing the car around the, the, the tracks because that's what you do in rally. It sounds weird, but if you're really good rally drivers, they throw the car around. They use the weight of the car to sling it around corners. It's, that's fair. That's a fair description, don't you think? Um, yeah, exactly. Like it, you have to use a lot of the same um, real-life um, car handling techniques. Yes. Like, you know, you do, you, you slow down and then t- turn while slow, slowing down, which is a bit odd in racing games. Most racing games don't do that. You don't turn and steer because that's just dumb. You're meant to approach mm-hmm. at a relevant speed and then you turn. But especially with regards to rally, where you actually use the weight of the car, especially if it's a front-wheel drive or something like that, mm-hmm. you use the weight of the, the inertia of the car to lean into the corner and then you slow down, then turn, and then pull out as best as soon as you can. And also, handbraking, you feather it. You don't slam on those, because that just, no. <laughs> you know, you gently sort of press it a couple of, two or three times to to actually get you a reasonable, um, you still have to keep moving. The momentum, that's, that's the point, but you have to, and it's just wonderful how in Art of Rally, and it's a wonderful name of the game, because it's exactly what this is. It's an art. It's a it's a, a procedure. It's a like a, a thing that you you flow. And uh, Ultra Valley does a really good job of that of actually mirroring that concept and really baking it down into its into its raw components and just focusing on that. And it's very zen like, very meditative. So yeah, wonderful stuff. Now, my next question um, is um, why. Did you set Art of Rally during the golden era of, well, inverted commas, during a certain period of time from the 60s up to the early 90s, I think, I seem to remember. Uh, well, why that? Why this particular time period for Rally? Why did you do that? Um, well, I'm not sure if we're allowed to swear on here, but <laughs> <laughs> let's just say, sorry? Yeah, you can, it's fine, <laughs> no, don't worry. Okay, yeah, well, it's just basically a very badass period of, racing where right um it's it 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 wasn't as safe as it is now right (laughs) yeah it's almost like people were going to war at some point and i get maybe we don't maybe there weren't many world wars um or not to say like there weren't any major conflicts so um basically the rally drivers back then were kind of like um you'd like them to pilots like fighter pilots because of the risk they took. Yeah, or tank drivers. There you go. <laughs> or tank drivers, too. Yeah. But I think with the control, it's more like a you're flying a jet. Yeah. Because yeah. your skills will save you. Like, um, any mistake you make can be deadly. It could which be, it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, but not to say that it was just very cool because of the danger. Like, just general time period. And also, the cars, the way the cars look. 
I just love the style. Yeah, there's some really bonkers cars in there. There's one particular one. It's like an iconic one. I think it's a Lancia. I know you haven't called it that in the game for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I know what it looks like. It's a it looks like a wedge, like a like a like a. Like a oh, the Stratos. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like, but it handles like a dog. <laughs> they really they weren't they were an iconic car, but to to drive just like this is awful. Like yeah, looks great. It doesn't it's just it's, you know it's terrible. But you have to really get used to the fact that it has way too much power on the back. In the rear rear drive, and he just can't control the car. It's just you never. When if you reach top speed and then to try and slow down afterwards, it's a it's a Herculean task to actually control the car. But so you, how did you find this choice of era feed into the design of Art of Rally? Um, do you mean the basically the handling design or yeah. the, any aspect of it yeah i mean there's the visual aspect which we're going to come to in a second but um <laughs> i want to I really want to talk about because these cars are as precise and as engineered and as well you know computer controlled as they are now you <laughs> i'm used to something responding far quicker but they didn't respond that well i mean they're you're you're driving around with the seat of your pants really just like you know, hanging on for dear life, may mm. or may not roll the car. Who knows? Um, and did the, the whole centre of gravity and stuff like that, it was completely off. Mm-hmm. How have you found that's influenced the, the actual overall experience and design of, of Art of Rally? How, how much did it influence? A lot? Not a lot at all? What, what do you think? Did you think it fed into it? Uh, let me see. Basically, we just had... These models made by artists Jamie and Bodem. Right. To we basically had the cool models made, just plug them <laughs> into our car simulation. Yeah. Or just make them cars in the game, and just see how they feel, basically. Um, but a lot of it is yeah. So the drive type of the cars, like rear wheel drive, all wheel drive, and front wheel drive. So we do model that in the game. Right. Um, and just kind of to get like the power, um, the power balance for each of the rally classes we have like say this so the classes are divided into like 60s 70s 80s and 90s yeah so the yeah. earlier classes have much less power than say b and the 90s yeah um so just from that you can have like a relative the player will be able to find like a relative um style of handling between them because the power increases mainly so that means like if it's a stronger if it's a much more powerful car it breaks traction it can break traction easier and also the wheel bases, like kind of the geometry of where the wheels are and like the center of gravity and weight transfer, it changes per car. So yeah, we did kind of try to emulate that a bit, but it's not like to the T because it's still just a video game and we're really new developers. So Yeah, I mean, you, you didn't go out to all these companies and go, can you give us the weight ratio data for the mini, please? That would be no. great. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure that's on the internet. I'm sure you can actually get that data, but... And it may have helped you, influenced you in some way, but ultimately, you saw the shape and size of the car and went, "Well, this is how much any, uh, how much it could go, and this is the this is the center of gravity, and this is this is where the rear wheels. Okay, just just see what it looks. And it, you're, what I've always found is when I start driving those cars, even just by looking at them, I pretty much have a pretty good idea 
how they're going to handle. Not all the time, but mm. most of the time we go, oh, this one's going to be a bit oversteery, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and well, yeah, that, that does happen. Well, I found in racing games, the players will fill in a lot of the blanks yes. themselves. So like, because yes. it looks like something, they think it will be like that. Yeah, and they and therefore it will, and they will control it as such. So, yeah. Yeah. So, my next question then is um, the camera. We're going to talk about that. The camera is quite distant. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it is quite not to the point where you know the car's a little dot on the screen, but it is quite distant. Why is this? Why have you gone with this route? Why have you? Because I've been playing, like I said, Dirt Five. And mm-hmm. that's got a cockpit view, they call it, or within, you know, an in-car view, as well as a, you know, on 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 the hood, and uh, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Got different views. There's also a third-person view, but it doesn't go nearly as far out as after Rally does. Mm-hmm. Why have you stuck with it? I've pretty, got a pretty good idea why you have, but can you explain to, what, what what was your feeling behind creating this, this making it make Arthur Valley be viewed in this in this way? So initially, it was what would the what would a rally game from the developer of Absolute Drift be like? So and like what would players expect? So like that was a huge question in my mind this whole time. Um, so yeah, basically we started with like pretty high camera, just following the car. Um, a big thing about this high camera is that you don't need pace notes to view the the stage ahead to view like what's coming up ahead because in normal rally games, like let's say your rally or in like real rally you have a co-driver telling you what is coming up because from that perspective inside the car you cannot you can't see that far um but i found with playing a lot of rally games um especially dirt rally like when absolute after absolute drift came out in 2015 i basically started playing a ton of dirt rally got a wheel and just played it but on that maybe after many hours of playing let's say 20 30 40 hours, you just know everything. You know all the stages in the game. Like it's kind of like the pace notes almost become something that you you know that you should be listening to. So I kind of pretend that I don't remember the stage just so I can have the sensation that the pace notes um, need to be listened to so that we need to um, so I can drive it like as if it was a real rally. So I figured um, with this high view, you can see way more ahead of you. And since you're gonna Memorize the stages. Um, once, like after you've played the game for long enough, that you don't need it. So that's pretty much the impetus for the high camera. Absolutely, it's it's a really really neat solution. Rather than having that strange person barking at you, going um, mm-hmm. seven right, you know, or four mm-hmm. hundred six six left, and like what? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't cut. All right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll cut it if I can. <laughs> yeah. Rocks to left. All right, I can see that. <laughs> you know, it is just—it's all very, you know, very po face. Whereas Art of Rally is that no, um, as well. While, while the navigator is very important in rally, uh, the key to driving uh, games generally is you're not supposed to be looking where you are because that's too late. You're supposed to be looking mm. where you're going and reacting because by the time your brain is reacting to where you're, you're headed, then the car is reacting just in time, in in theory, to actually what's going to happen. 
But I found, and one of the wonderful things about Art of Rally, it does a fantastic job of illustrating why complex corners are so dangerous. So a complex corner is one that changes its gradient for listeners. You know this. But basically it starts off nice, sweeping. Oh, that's easy. All of a sudden it suddenly changes... It's uh, um, it suddenly changes to a much tighter corner, uh, and you've, that happens a lot in the latter stages of Art of Rally, and it's wonderful because when you're playing regular rally games, it's like you know, oh god, no! One minute I thought this is a sweet, <laughs> nice, easy sweeping corner I can just slide around, and now I can't. I now need to control the car. How am I supposed to do that? I'm sliding around it, you know. Whereas Art of Rally, you can see him coming. You see the complex corners coming. You see the sweep. And right at the end, it suddenly takes a, a dip. And you go, all right. Uh, okay. And it's it's just really, really clever. And um, I think that camera view really helps it prevent it becoming what could be a very frustrating experience if it was just a little bit too close. Do you know what I mean? Because if you were about, I don't know, rather than sort of, 60 metres up in the sky, you were 50, I think that would have been slightly too close. Um, what do you think? Um, well, actually, we have some... Like, you can change the camera angles to be can. Um, pretty close, actually. So, mm. uh, yeah, with the, like, super close camera... It's not, like, third-person style from, like, a traditional racing game, but it's much closer than the furthest camera yeah. angle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do get that, too. But then, I guess, with the lower camera angle, you can also see the changes in elevation a bit easier. So uh, we just have a bunch of options for players to kind of figure out what works best for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But it's just, you know, the fact that you never get in that close. You can't get in that close to the car because mm-hmm. there is no navigator. There is instead an awesome soundtrack. So deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I guess... Like for pace, actual like voice recording, pace notes, and that whole system of like marking where they should be, um, that's super complex and also pretty expensive. Like you actually get voice voice acting for all of these, yeah. To say like the twelve languages that we have, and also to make it so that the pace notes are correct, it makes like the stage creation way like just magnitudes like ten times longer, maybe even like twenty. Like just it, it increases the scope of the game, right? A ton. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's um I think it also dilute the experience for what Art of Rally is because it's not about mm-hmm. it's not simulating it's not racing sim in a traditional sense. It's looking at mm-hmm. the you know, the clues in the title, everyone. <laughs> and this is about you navigating through these very intricate and complex um rally tracks. I mean there's no rally cross or anything like that as far as I'm, I know. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just it is a rally, pure, pure, pure stage by stage rally game, and uh, yeah, that's 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 what it is. So there you go. Right, um, last question, June. I know all good things must come to an end, but here we are. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a free roaming mode mm-hmm. in Art of Rally. Why? What, 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 where does this come from? Why have you got what well, is ostensibly a rally sim? Whatever you know, you can't beat around the bush exactly what it is, and yet here we are <laughs> with this other interesting free roaming thing where you go around collecting icons and 
and things and jumping up in the air to to collect A's that are floating above a, a jump, which is all, which is really fun. Um, how did this come about? Was it always there? Was it something you added in after experiencing the core of the game? Tell us about this. So free roam. Uh, I guess for the the main reason I had it, had it was from in our first game, Absolute Drift, the whole progression of it was like a huge free roam area. And it's kind of a place just to chill out, like drive the car, get used to the car handling in like a safe, maybe not safe, no, not safe at all, but a low pressure environment yes. <laughs> where you can still crash and uh, do the bad things to rally cars that you normally do in this stage. So it's a, it's a, it is actually a more like a creative experience for the player, and mm-hmm. that you know you're not racing against a clock, you're not trying to compete against anyone, you're just mm-hmm. taking a drive around the countryside, which is very pretty, by the way, in a really, oh, high, yeah, in a really superb power car. Yeah, and I guess it was also to be an entry point into the game when the first when the player first goes into it, so. Um, we did have like a whole rally rally school system with like different areas where you like learn different techniques and things, but um, it was a bit complex um, to actually like have the progression between like what you learn and things, and like it's a lot of hand holding. So at the end, I was just like, just have a little. I, I, I realized that the players from testing at like events like EGX, that the players um, they really resonated just with like a nice chill track with cones. And then after that, you pretty much know how the car handles and you just go off and um, just drive the car on the on the free run, which is like which is which are stages, which is which makes it good practice for actually rallying. It is. Yeah. It basically teaches you the <laughs> gonna do it, the art of rally. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> it does actually do that. Because um, you do go driving around and encountering very tight corners and 90 degree corners like right angle corners I should say and that can be and also lots of obstacles and the 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 the, the spectators we can't stop this this show we can't end the show without mentioning the incredibly stick people spectators <laughs> that appear to have no fear <laughs> what is it about this is this something historically that people were you know standing right by the the, the edge of the track and and cars. Well, what, what, where did this come from? The the spectators and their fearless nature. Yeah. So with these spectators, they were influenced a lot by old footage of Group B rally, which is right. Um, it's because the rally class that was cancelled that was stopped because it was too dangerous. Because unfortunately, many spectators were killed. So it was just wild. The rules were a bit more lax. And there were just so many spectators because Rally was so popular back then that like the roads just be crowded. It would almost be like the running of the bulls in Spain. Like, people just stand on the road and jump out at the last minute. Wow. Uh, so our developer, Perrin, he came on this year. I'm not sure. Like a few months before the game launched, like we added it super late in development. Okay. Uh, we just had a really cool system where the crowd avoids the car. They do, and, just yeah, in time. Yeah, they're just a bit crazy. Yeah, just in time. They're nuts. And it's just a, it yeah. really is a wonderful reflection of a simpler time <laughs> of people having no fear for their own safety 
um, and uh, it's just wonderful to see. And it's so easily, it's such a simple little sort of nod to a time where this was seen to be acceptable. Uh, nowadays, there would be a lawsuit within 20 seconds. You know, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be on headline news and like, you know, this shut this sport down. It, it's too dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. yeah, it's uh, we, we live in those times now, which is fine, which is good. Actually. Come on, let's be safe. I'm not de- denigrating it. I think it's a wonderful thing that, you know, we respect human life far, far more than we did. <laughs> uh, but even still, having that nod to the sheer lunatic. I mean, they're just staggering around, they're standing on the track. It's <laughs> It's just like yeah, it's crazy. It's just nuts. Just standing on it. It's just crazy. Well, there's right. a lot of stories about the spectators. Like, um, a lot of them, like apparently the rally mechanics at the end of rally, they'd find like hair and sometimes body parts um, attached to the car from people who were just too close. Who got who got nicked by the car? <laughs> like, if someone was trying to touch the car as it was passing, they might have lost a finger. A couple oh fingers. God. Well. Oh. Anyway. Art of Rally, which is developed and published by Fun Selector Games. Sorry, Fun Selector Labs. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does the name come from, by the way? Fun Selector. Um, yeah, it's kind of a very funny... I'm not sure about funny, but... Uh, it was a bit of an accident. So I was just... Like, when I was in game school, I did this... Um, weekend game jam called Ludum Dare. Yep. And I needed to have a username. So at the, at the time, I was listening to this artist called Modeslucker, which is an electronic artist from um, from Europe, I think Germany. Okay. So basically, I was just like, okay, let's just have it called Modeslucker. <laughs> Doesn't really mean that much. <laughs> but it's funny. No, it's a, it's a lovely story. We've had, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely name as well because uh, you could have got all sorts of ways. But a, to say it's also a lab, that's, there you go. You're mm. a lab, not a studio. You, you're, you know, you're a scientist. Damn it. Um, so yeah, Artify is out now on. It's out now on Windows PC. Uh, is it Mac and Linux as well? Or that's what the internet tells me. Is yeah. That true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've yet to try it on my laptop, on my Mac laptop. I'll do that after we're done here. Uh, but, um, yeah, um, June, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I knew it would be. I'm happy you finally, we finally uh, sorted out. Because you, you moved recently, I understand. So right in the middle of a move, mm-hmm. we were trying to organise this uh, recording. But, uh, yeah, um, thanks very, very much for being on the show. Um yeah, thank you, Chris. It's been a couple of years in the making, so I'm glad we were able to meet up, and it's been great talking to you. I actually learned a bit more about the game. <laughs> it's given me a bit of appreciation of just for talking to you and explaining about the game and the company and stuff. That's that's wonderful to hear. Thanks a lot. That means a lot to me. So, uh, of course, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about whatever next thing you're going to release in the next couple of two or three years. But until then... Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Pray, let's pray it doesn't take five years for a, new, for a new project to come out. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed the show and it was awesome talking to you. Chris. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, canonrince.com. 